Good evening. My name is Dewan Nelson, and I will be your moderator for this class. Welcome to another lecture given by the members of the Southfield, Michigan class. This is a school and not a church, and neither are we affiliated with any religious organization. This school is a nonprofit, non-denominational, religious and scientific research organization dedicated to showing proof of the existence of Yahweh, our Elohim, and the operation of his eternal purpose, pattern, and plan operating throughout eternity to this present day. This school was established as a result of a divine vision and revelation given to our founder, Dr. Harry Clifford Kinley, in the state of Ohio in the year 1931. We hold classes in the United States, Canada, and certain other foreign countries. The Southfield, Michigan class was established in 1997. The Dean of the Southfield, Michigan class is Dr. Marvin Lewis. The president is Dr. Edward Ewell. And the vice president is Dr. Ron Atkins. In this school, we use the true, correct, and original name and title of the Father, the Word, or Son, and the Holy Spirit, which are contained in the original Hebrew text. The true name of the Heavenly Father is Yahweh. It has been improperly substituted by Lord. The true title of the Word or Son is Elohim. It has been improperly substituted by God. The name of the Holy Spirit manifested in or out of a physical body is Yahshua. It has been erroneously substituted by Jesus Christ. Lord and God are titles and not names. The Apostle Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, tells us in 1 Corinthians 8 and 5 that there are Lord's many and God's many. But we now know that each Lord must have a name and each God must have a name also. Elohim is a title, but unlike Lord and God, Elohim is a divine title. That means Elohim is the title that our Creator chose for Himself. Jesus is a name but it is an erroneous name. A minor investigation on your part in a good dictionary or encyclopedia will prove that neither the Hebrew language, the Greek language, nor the Latin language have any characters or letters in their alphabet that will produce the sound that is made by this letter J. Neither was there a letter J in the English language until some 1400 years after the Messiah's death. Therefore, such names as Jesus and Jehovah are impossible renderings of the true and original name of our Father and His Son. Christ is a title just like Lord and God. Yahweh is pure spirit, and in this state, He is incomprehensible and inscrutable. He is the ultimate source, substance, limits, and bounds of everything. We have Yahweh in His pure spirit state symbolized on this chart as a cloud. Yahweh is not a cloud. He merely chose a cloud to symbolize himself because a cloud has no particular or descriptive shape and form. We have drawn this cloud all around the edges of this chart to show you that everything on the chart is within the cloud. In like manner, everything in the universe abides within the pure spirit state of Yahweh. Yahweh, knowing that man could not perceive of him in this pure spirit state, took on shape and took on form 
right within himself as Elohim. This is the word or son, a superincorporeal being that is having the shape and form of a man, but without flesh and blood. This form can only be seen in divine visions and understood in divine revelations. Later on, this self-same spirit manifested in a physical body and walked the earth plane as Yahshua the Messiah, whom the world calls Jesus Christ. Now, there is only one name given unto salvation, and we must know that name. So the simple yet intelligent question we should ask ourselves is, what was the name of the Savior during the time he walked the earth plane? A further understanding of this name and title may be had by reading the preference of the Holy Name Bible. Also, at this school, we teach about the divine pattern of the universe. It is called the divine pattern because it is Yahweh's pattern. After Yahweh led the children of Israel out of Egypt, he called Moses atop Mount Sinai and showed him the tabernacle pattern in a vision. Yahweh instructed Moses to build one exactly like it in the wilderness of Sinai. The pattern consists of most, a most holy place, a holy place, and a court roundabout. These three compartments make up the one tabernacle pattern. In this school, we show proof that everything in the universe is made and operated according to the structure and function of this threefold tabernacle pattern, and that absolutely nothing escapes the pattern. The primary constitutional objectives and aims are as follows. First, to help you find and know Yahweh, our Elohim, as he really is and actually exists. Second, to form a nucleus of universal brotherhood of humanity in Yahshua the Messiah without the distinction of race or nationality, creed, sex, caste, or color. Third, to investigate the unexplained spirit law or so-called law of nature and the powers latent in man. Fourth, to encourage and promote the study of the scriptures, comparative religions, psychology, philosophy, and modern practical and occult science. Fifth, to extirpate current superstitions, skepticisms, and ignorance. Sixth, to learn know and understand the operation of Yahweh's eternal purpose through the dispensations and ages. Seventh, to discern and avoid being deceived by Lucifer, the serpent, the devil, the dragon, or Satan and his demons operating the mystery of iniquity on earth through the dispensations of time. Eighth, to earnestly contend for the common salvation and faith, which was once delivered unto the sons or children of Yahweh. Ninth, to make known that Yahweh from the beginning ordained, there is no other name given among men whereby man can be saved, saving the name of Yahshua the Messiah. And tenth, to inherit eternal life now in the kingdom of Yahshua the Messiah with the hope of immortal glorification in the new earth state. Our watchword is peace. Our slogan, speak the truth. We will now have a prayer 
uh, dedicated class dedicated in prayer, excuse me, by Dr. Anitra Morgan from the South Southfield Michigan branch. And we will also be reading today, Luke, the second chapter, read by Dr. Lauren Lewis. Dr. Morgan. Let's bow our hearts and mind and give a moment of prayer to Yahshua the Messiah and ask him to give us the strength to endure the things that are going on in this world and allow us to see nothing but him at all times, in class, outside of class, and to hold our spirits dearly and give us the strength to continue to move within this physical world. And with that, I say hallelujah. 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 I'd like to say good evening to the class. Good evening. Good evening. I'll be reading out of the King James Version, substituting the true names where appropriate. That's Luke, the second chapter. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. As, and this taxing was first made when Serenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, bringing great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of Yahweh came upon them and the glory of Yahweh shone round about them and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is the Messiah, <clears throat> excuse me, which is Yahshua the Messiah. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising Yahweh and saying, Glory to Yahweh in the highest and on earth peace goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which is come to pass, which Yahweh hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising Yahweh for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. 
And when eight days were accomplished for the circumcision, excuse me, circumcising of the child, his name was called Yahshua, which was so named of the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the days of her purification, according to the law of Moses, were accomplished, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to Yahweh. As it is written in the law of Yahweh, every male that openeth the womb shall be called holy to Yahweh. And to offer a sacrifice according to that which is said in the law of Yahweh, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simon. And the same man was just and devout, waiting for the constellation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Spirit that he should not see death before he had seen the Messiah, Yahshua. And he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child, Yahshua, to do for him after the custom of the law, then took he up in his arms and blessed Yahweh and said, Yahweh, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For my eyes have seen the salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. And Simon blessed them and said unto Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is set forth the fall and the rising again of many in Israel, and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yea, a sword shall pierce through their own soul also, excuse me, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. And there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age and had lived with the husband seven years from her virginity. And she was a widow and about four score and four years, which departed not from the temple, but served Yahweh with instant gave thanks likewise unto Yahweh and spake of him to all that looked for redemption in Jerusalem. And when they had performed all things according to the law of Yahweh, they returned into Galilee to their own city, Nazareth. And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of Yahweh was upon him. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast. And when they had fulfilled the days as they returned, the child Yahshua tarried behind in Jerusalem. And Joseph and his mother knew not of it. But they, supposing him to have been in the company, went a day's journey, and they, they sought him among their kinsfolk and acquaintance. Excuse me. And when they found him not, they turned back again to Jerusalem seeking him. And it came to pass that after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. And all that heard him were astonished at his understandings and answers. And when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said unto him, 
son, why hast thou thus dealt with us? Behold, thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing. And he said unto them, how is it that you sought me? Was not that I must be about my father's business? And they understood not the saying which he spoke unto them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subjected, sub, excuse me, subject under them. But his mother kept all these sayings in her heart. And Yahshua increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with Yahweh and man. That was Luke, the second chapter. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. I'd like to thank Dr. Morgan for the uh, prayer this evening and Dr. Lewis for the scripture. Once again, I'd like to say good evening to the class. We do appreciate and welcome you tonight for joining us uh, for another lecture given uh, by the Southfield class. Uh, welcome to our visitors that are here. We have uh, we have Dr. LaWanda Decker from our Detroit, Michigan branch and uh, the Dean of Lansing, the Michigan State Dean, Dr. Terry Welch. Um, and whoever I did not, did not see here, um, we welcome you tonight. Our readers tonight will be Dr. Lauren Lewis and Dr. April Lewis. And just waiting for instructions for the speakers tonight. It's in the chat um, box in Zoom. Okay, gotcha. Thank you, Lauren. All right, for our first speaker of this evening, it is with pleasure to call on from our Detroit class, Dr. Ruth Samuels. Good evening, class. Good evening. I just want to know if I can be heard. Yes. Okay. okay. All right. Well, I'm um, happy to be in class today among my brethren. And I'm hoping that Yashua will, will speak through me to edify someone. Um, because Joshua has definitely given us of himself. Um, we are all privileged, blessed to be where we are right now today. And that is learning about Yahweh Elohim, Yahshua, as he really is and actually exists. And not how we think he is or feel he is or you know, just putting our concepts and opinions in there because that that doesn't count for anything. You know, Yahweh has a purpose. And you know, we 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 don't we have an agenda uh that sometimes we can't even get through that. But Yahweh has a purpose and he has laid it out so we can understand him. And um the scripture tonight was kind of it's, it's, it was good I, I, it's something i'm working on but uh i i don't want to mess it up but i can put it out there can, can can you get for me um the it's the 40 plate chart i think it's the 27th uh plate and 
if there's anyone here for the first time, I just want to say this is a school and it's not a church. And we, we, we're being taught by a pattern. Um, before, before, before you get that, let me explain a little bit about the pattern. See, Yahweh is operating this purpose according to a, a pattern that he has shown Moses up in the mountain. Uh, let me see the, um, the Moses chart. He showed this pattern to Moses. Now it's more to go with the story than that, but I'm probably gonna uh, chop it up a little bit because I don't wanna be too long. But see, this is what's called the Moses chart here. And see, Moses was shown uh, a vision, as the moderator said, um, a panoramic vision, and he saw Elohim. So someone gets me the scripture, um, Exodus 24, um, where he goes up into this mountain. That's Exodus 24 and nine. Yes. Exodus 24, nine. Then went up Moses and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu and 70 of the elders of Israel. And they saw the Elohim of Israel. Now, if you notice right here on this chart here, it says they, it says they saw the Elohim. And this is what they saw, this um, figure of a man here, which is Elohim. Okay, read, please. Excuse Hello. me. Uh -huh, I'm sorry about that. And they saw the Elohim of Israel, and there was under his feet, as it were, paved work of a sapphire stone, and as it were, the body of heaven in its clearness. And upon the nobles of the children of Israel, he laid not his hand. Now they're describing a man here, but see, this man here is a... a a, a super incorporeal being or um, not a fleshly man as, as we know, but this is a vision that Moses has seen, okay? And so when he sees this vision right here, see now Elohim, Yahweh Elohim is the pattern, but he transformed into this intangible pattern right here and this was the explanation of him okay this was the explanation of yahweh elohim right here this tabernacle pattern and then he transferred back into himself as this elohim right here and then what he did was create the whole creation so do i have something that can um Prove that what I just said, um, where it says, see that you make it. Yes. Um, that is Exodus 25 and um, 8. Wait, wait a minute, Lord. First read when he um, he's in the mountain and he's up. Now, now yes. Moses is in the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights. Okay, because see, he was, he had told the children of Israel, or he had told the 70 elders and Nadab and the bayou, 
the uh, and Aaron to tarry there for him until he come again. So he goes up here into this mountain and he sees this pattern. Okay, so 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 do the six days for me, please, first. Okay, that's um, Exodus twenty four and fifteen. And Moses went up into the mount, and a cloud covered the mount, and the glory of Yahweh abode about upon Mount Sinai. And the cloud covered it six days. And the seventh day he called unto Moses out of the midst of the cloud. Okay, the cloud covered it six days and then something transpired those six days. What transpired those six days was that the creation was brought into, uh, what's the word? Brought into, spoken in by Yahweh Elohim. He showed Moses this vision. So read, read down where it says, um, the see that you make it after the pattern for me, please. Okay, that's Exodus 25 and eight. And let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them according to all that I showed thee after the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all the instruments thereof, even so shall ye make it. Now the, the sanctuary that he's talking about is this one that he transformed into, into as you see it up here. This is, the, this is what he wanted him, them to make in, down in the wilderness of, of, of Sinai. He wanted them to make this pattern. He wanted them to, to, to take this pattern that he showed them in the mountain and for them to make it down here in the wilderness of Sinai. So read over there where it says to see that you make it after the pattern that I showed you in the mountain. Is that the 40th verse, 25 and 40? Yes, Exodus 25 and 40. And look that thou make them after their pattern, which was showed thee in the, in the mount. Okay, see, so it's saying that he showed, he did actually show him a pattern in the mountain. So that's not nothing that we're making up. That's in the Bible. It says it right there that he wants them to make it after what he showed them in the mountain. Now, um, the children of Israel, they also, as we go back a little further, I'm probably not saying it. If we go back a little further, we know that the children of Israel, they were in bondage in Egypt, see? And they had to be delivered. So Moses delivered them out from Egypt. See, when he delivered them, well, what they had to do was they had to take out a lamb first. See, they're going according to a pattern before they even get out here in the wilderness for, for, for Moses to see this pattern that's in, 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 the, uh, in the mountain. They're going according to a pattern because Yahweh he's always been a pattern. He didn't just start being a pattern when he got out here in the wilderness of Sinai. He's been a pattern. He's been a pattern. That's what he is. He, 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 that's, he's going according to a pattern. So the children of Israel, what they had to do down here, can you read a little bit of uh, Exodus the 12 where they just had to take out the lamb? That's Exodus, you wanna start at 12 and one? Uh, you can get, get right down to it. Let me see. Okay. That's Exodus 12, and I will start at 
I'll start at one and then I'll drop down or read fast. Um, okay. And Yahweh spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak you unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month there sh they shall take to them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for an house. And if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next unto his house take it according to the number of the souls. Every man, according to his eating, shall make your couch for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats, and you shall keep it up until the 14th day of the same month. And the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. And they shall take up the blood and strike it on the two side posts and on the upper doorposts of the houses wherein they shall eat it. And they shall eat that flesh in the night, roast with fire and unleavened bread and with bitter herbs, they shall eat it. Eat not okay. of it raw. You, you can pause. Mm -hmm. Okay, so they had to take that this is how they was able to come up out of Egypt. They had to follow the instructions that Yahweh gave to Moses for them to do, see? And they had to follow it just like he told them to. They had to put the blood, they had to, they had to put the blood on the door, two side posts, and then the uh, basin for which the blood was held in, which made four points of blood here. And see, then what they did was uh, they resurrected up out of Egypt. They came through, is it a scripture for them coming through the Red Sea? They came through the Red Sea here and they resurrected what they were led by uh, a cloud, mm -hmm. which really was, uh, uh, if you read, what is it? It's um, First Corinthians 10 and 9. Uh -huh. Right. If you read that, it'll tell you what was it, who this cloud or what this cloud was. Do you, you have it for me? Yes. Thank That's you. First, mm -hmm. first Corinthians 10 and 1. Moreover, brethren, I would not that ye should be ignorant how that all of our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea. And all were immersed into Moses in the cloud and in the sea and did all eat the same spiritual food and did all drink the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that led them and that rock was the Messiah. That rock that led them was the Messiah and that led them right on up into, uh, so now we had the blood here, we had the water and that spirit that led them on into uh, the wilderness of Sinai where they were out here for some 40 years and that's when uh, that's where Moses had this vision that I just told you about up here in the wilderness of Sinai up in the mountain and um, he was instructed to make this tabernacle now this tabernacle had a can you put the tabernacle for me please so on a bigger plane, so we can see it. Thank you. The tabernacle had a most holy place. It had a holy place. 
and a court roundabout. Okay, that was the three compartments. Now it also had here, it had a, um, get this right, it had the gate, the altar, then you have the door. Nope, is that right? Uh, the, um, the brazen, right here you have the brazen labor of, uh, the brazen labor. We also can't forget the holy uh, cup of anointing oil here. Then when you um, come through here, now I, I, I messed up. I'm not supposed to say the door is not down here. The door is up here. So right here, we come through this veil. This is the door. And then you come into the holy place here. And in the holy place, you have the seven branch, the seven branch candlestick. You have the, um, the uh, altar of incense. And then you have the table of showbread here. And then you have, you have another veil that you come through here. And then you have the most holy place, which the most holy place had a three-in-one configuration here. It had the two archangels, and then it's set on this um, Ark of the Covenant. So the, the, this is the pattern which Yahweh is going by. So like I said, down here where the children of Israel were we're down here in Egypt. We can, we can, we can, we can um, relate to down here as being uh, the outer court. And then when you get to here to the uh, to the to the wilderness here, this can uh, be the uh, holy place. And then we cross over here, or this veil is a veil here too. Now I forgot to tell you, it's a veil. This Red Sea is a veil also. Okay. Thank you. And then this, this is a veil also. So then when you cross this veil, you get to the wilderness of Sinai. And then when you cross the veil here, when they go over to Canaan's land, across the veil and they're into Canaan's land because this is their final destiny as far as on the earth that Yahweh had promised Abraham some years ago that he would give this land to them. And that's what that was being fulfilled is of the promised land. Okay, so uh, what I want to say, can you get the um, uh, the plate I was asking you about, please? Because what, what he showed me about that um, plate, was twenty. I think it was what I say, twenty-seven. I think it was. Mm -hmm. What he showed me on that plate is that Yahweh said that. Think not that I come. Can you get the, 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 the fulfilled scriptures, please? That's the, Matthew's. Uh, the first one I'll get is Matthew's 5 and 17. Mm -hmm. Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For verily I say unto you, to heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. Okay, so who's saying he's come to fulfill? So is it, uh, we have yep. another one? Mm -hmm. That's Matthew 3 and 13. Uh, yes, then cometh Yahshua from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. But John mm -hmm. forbade him saying, 
I have need to be baptized of thee, and comest thou to me? And Yahshua answering said unto him, Suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Now see, he's saying it again, he come to fulfill. He's keeping the story the same. And, you know, when we're in church, we when we were in church, or we, wherever we were at, we thought that uh, we were supposed to be baptized because, well, we called him Jesus then, but we now know his name is Joshua. His name is not Jesus. We thought that we were supposed to get baptized just for the mere fact that he got baptized. And that's supposed to make us uh, Christians, I guess. I, I, I don't know why I got baptized, but I just know that that's, that was the thing to do. Do we have, a, I think the other one is Luke 24. Yes, that's Luke um, 24 and 44. Mm -hmm. And he said unto them, these are the words which I, which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Now see, the things that were written uh, in the law, which where Moses was at, and in the prophets, the prophets like Jeremiah, uh, Obadiah, uh, Ezekiel, and uh, uh, Isaiah, those things had to be fulfilled. And he was the one to fulfill all those things. And I just thought it was so phenomenal when I looked at this plate and saw that he, his conception, because he said he came in to fulfill. So when he was born, uh, he was born according to the pattern. His conception was in Nazareth. You see at the top. And then, so this is a this is a this is a downward plate. And then his, his he was conceived here in Nazareth. Uh, I think Nazareth means circuit circle, if I'm not mistaken. And then coming to the holy place, he was born here in Bethlehem, which Bethlehem is, is bread. And then he, he's coming on down to, make, to this pattern. And then he has to flee into, into um, Egypt because, um, you know, they want to kill him. So he, he came down here. But then when we, we, we move over to the next plate, which is 28, and this is after he after he heard after he was called out of Egypt after he found out that Herod was dead. So and this is a this is an upward plate. He then so now that they went down and they're coming up, and then he's in the uh, in the temple. I mean, he's in here with the scribes and the Pharisees, and uh, you know telling them off in Matthew the twenty third chapter, and then we just read. Uh, Luke, the, the second chapter, he's up here in the temple uh, with the, uh, with the, he's, who's, who was in the temple with here? I can't think of it. But he's up here. But, but my point is that he came in the 4,000th year. If you look at the uh, ages and dispensation chart, and I'm not really good at that 
but the Asians in dispensation chart, Yahshua came in on the 4,000 year because like the sun was placed in the sky on the fourth day. Mm. So he came in right on time. See, he was born here and this, uh, he was born, was that Galatians that says he was born under the law to fulfill the law? Am I saying that right? Galatians 4 and You want where it said born under the law, made subject to the law? Yeah, that's what it is. I'm not sure exactly. It's, it's, it's Galatians um, 4 and 5, maybe. Um, this is Galatians 4 and 5. This may not be what you want. Um, Galatians 4. Yeah. yeah, start at 4. Galatians 4 and 4. Okay, Galatians 4 and 4. But when the fullness of the time was come, Yahweh sent forth his son, made of a woman. Yes, made under the law. Right, so it says, Paul, it says, but when the fullness of time was come, see, he came in right on time. Yahweh is not late we are he came in right on time and when he came in he started off being conceived being born and then fleeing he he just he was just right with that pattern you know he didn't skip a beat read but when the fullness of the time was come yahweh sent forth his son made of a woman made subject to the law to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. Now see, the Jews were under the law, not the Gentiles. Like we always say, we, were, we wasn't invited to the party at that time. We weren't invited to the party at all. But he was to redeem them that were under the law. Now the, the Jews were under the law. The, the Gentiles just did what they did by nature, but we were included, the Gentiles were included in that promise because when he made the promise to Abraham, he said he would bless, he didn't say he was just gonna bless the Gentiles, I mean the, the Jews only, he said he was gonna bless, uh, you had to go back and read it for me to get it, but let's, let's keep reading this first. Okay, um, Galatians six. 4 and 6. Mm -hmm. And because ye are sons, Yahweh hath sent forth the spirit of his sons into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father, Abba, my Father. Wherefore thou art no more servant, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of Yahweh through the Messiah. Yes, yeah, so see, okay. We are the sons of Yahweh. It is a scripture that says that now we are the sons of Yahweh. And see, Yahshua has resurrected us from the, the deadness that we were in. See, we didn't have a clue, but Yahshua had mercy on us and spoke to us 
and we were fortunate enough to hear him. Can you get for me this, the, the scripture that says, now we are the sons of Yahweh? I don't know what that's at now. And I'm trying to get off the floor. I think it's first. I think the one in first John. Mm -hmm, somewhere like that. Mm -hmm. Okay. One of the beloved. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All right. That's First John. <clears throat> excuse me. Five, and I'll start at nineteen. First John five and nineteen, and we know that we are of Yahweh, and the whole world lieth in wickedness, and we know that the Son of Yahweh is come, and hath given us an understanding, that we may know Him that is true. And we are in him that is true, even in his son, Yahshua, the Messiah. This is the true Elohim and eternal life. And see, and that's what we, that's what we uh, are promised, eternal life. Because the 10th aim does say to inherit eternal life tomorrow. No, it says to inherit eternal life now and the kingdom, see, because this age that we're living in now on this ages and dispensation chart, see, we're in the spiritual kingdom on earth, see, which is the spiritual assembly, the body of Yahshua. And see, the body of Yahshua is not just in one place. As you can see that um, since we had this pandemic, I mean, I've discovered, I've got sisters and brothers all over the world and Yahshua, that, that, that loves Yahshua, that preaches Yahshua, see? And we're just um, now waiting for the, the instantaneous revelation of Yahshua the Messiah when he will be revealed to the whole world. But right now, we, we confess that Yahshua is come and he has given us an understanding because we understand something about Yahweh as he really is and actually exists. And it's just no way we could have done that on our own. Yahshua has definitely had mercy on us and shown us of himself. And we are really grateful for that. And um, I'm going to yield the floor, but I hope that something was said that was understandable and praise Yahshua, hallelujah. 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 And thank you very much uh, for your, your testimony, uh, Dr. Decker. And for our Dr. next- Samuels. For our next uh, speaker, uh, I'm sorry, Dr. Samuels, I apologize. For our next speaker, we will have, uh, sorry, I'm not really sure where this speaker is from, but Dr. Paul Dean. Hear me okay? Yes, we can. I'm sorry, I had to change. I wasn't expected to be called. Can you hear me okay? Yes, sir. Okay. Um, thank you, 
Um, <laughs> excuse me. I'm very glad to be here. And I just, on behalf of the Arcport class um, in New York, we just want to extend our love to everybody. I very much appreciate the testimony of the previous speaker. And uh, I'm grateful for the fruits of the spirit that, you know, it's been incredible to be able to be called into class to begin with. That's an amazing thing, all of all in its own, let alone to be able to have the brethren that we have scattered throughout, you know, the United States and in various parts of the world, and to be able to have this um, method of coming together via Zoom or YouTube, I have thoroughly enjoyed it. And I'm just so grateful to have benefited from the fruits of all this. And I'm thankful that Yahweh has kept me. And uh, I think what I'd like to do is just maybe grab that scripture where, where it was talking about Yahshua at 12 years old and what they said about him in the scripture reading. If you could just read that portion of that. And that's going to be in Luke. I will start. 2 and 42. Okay, thank you. Luke 2 and 43. And when they had fulfilled the days as they returned, the child Yahshua tarried behind in Jerusalem. And Joseph and his mother knew not of it. But they, supposing him to have been in the company, went a day's journey, and they sought him among their, their kinfolk and acquaintance. And when they had found him not, they turned back again to Jerusalem, seeking him. And it came to pass that after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. And when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said unto him, son, why hast thou thus dealt with us? Behold, thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing. And he said unto them, how is it that you sought me? Was not that I must be about my father's business? And they understood not the saying which he spake unto them. Thank you very much. And at 12 years old, talking about being in his father's, you know, his father's business and how they were astonished and amazed. And I just can't help, you know, because honestly, being called into this teaching and to be able to understand one simple thing concerning the purpose of Yahweh is absolutely amazing. And I find it quite astonishing. And after all these years being in class, being able to understand the things that Yahweh has given us at the close of this age, you know, at the end of the first age in time, which is illustrated there um, on the dispensations chart, the, um, the anti-Diluvian age, Noah gave, um, Mos I'm sorry, Yahweh gave a divine vision and revelation to Noah, and he told Noah to construct that ark, and that was going to be the means of salvation at the, that end of the age through a vision. I'd also like you to grab me two verses, Habakkuk, the second chapter, 
and also where there is no prophetic vision, uh, the people perish, if you don't mind getting those. And then if you can just hold those for me. And there at the second dispensation in time, which was a post-Diluvian age, Yahshua himself, that they're speaking about in the scripture reading, at 12 years old, he came in that fourth dispensation of time. But that was a vision made flesh. That was a word of Yahweh coming and manifesting the flesh for a purpose. And I was born and raised Catholic. I never, I, I, I was acquainted with the cross or the crucifix, depending on whether the body was on it or not. It was a cross if there was no body on it, if there was a, it was a crucifix, if the body was on it. Whenever I passed by it as a child and into my late teens, I would give the sign of the cross in the name of the Father, name of the Son, Holy Spirit, a regular thing I did just, just by tradition. I really didn't understand why I was doing it. Amazingly enough, all that time when I would even do that, I never questioned myself once. What was the name of the Father? What was the name of the Son? Or what is the name of the Holy Spirit? And that is one of the wonderful things that we've come to see in this school being able to uh, know Yahweh as he truly is and actually exist, actually knowing his name, you know, and how that was given to Moses there in the, in the post-Diluvian age uh, before he brought the children of Israel out of Egypt in the holy place or in the wilderness of Sinai. So the vision was made manifest. Yahshua came in and walked in the flesh for a purpose to fulfill the law and the prophets and under uh, usher in the present kingdom age that we are in here today. And the gospel that Yahshua shared and taught while he manifest in the flesh and gave his disciples is the same gospel that is preached now. And at the end of this age, Yahweh so chose Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley as a vessel used to give this divine vision and revelation. And just as Moses was obedient, as the previous speaker talked about, that tabernacle pattern. And if you could just jump over to Moses, the Moses chart briefly. Um, Moses was called on top of that mount three times, just as the high priest was entered into the tabernacle three times in the most holy place on the day of atonement. But Moses was called on top of that mountain. That is like being called into heaven. You know, you can like the top of that mountain into the most holy place. And you see their panoramic vision of Elohim to Moses. Moses was Yahweh Elohim transfigured into that tabernacle pattern, transfigured back into himself and then showed Moses how he brought in the days of creation. So when you read about in Genesis, the six days of creation, that's actually six days of Moses' vision. This is something that I never even thought about, um, you know, prior to coming into this class, so it was brought to my attention. And if you think just from a simple standpoint, if you were reading the book of Genesis and you read about the fourth day, the sun coming in, but if you looked and seen on the third day, the seed of vegetation came in, you may just ask, how is that possible? For without the sun in the sky, there can be no vegetation. You know, and so to be able to understand, as a previous speaker had mentioned, that, that those six days were uh, actually Moses's vision is a magnificent thing 
And actually it's a timetable that sets up uh, uh, the ages and time. One day is a thousand years and a thousand years is one day. And you can take the first day and correlate it with the first thousand year in time. Second day with the second thousand, third day with the third thousand, so on and so forth. Um, I'm not going to take the liberty to do that right now, but I just wanted to just point that out. But the point that I simply wanted to make there was that Moses was obedient to the heavenly vision, and he constructed the tabernacle just as Yahweh had made, uh, had instructed him to do. Now, for many years, when I was brought up in the Catholic Church, it was a prayer that I uttered quite often. And it was the uh, prayer that Yahshua uttered when he was in the garden where he said, Our Father who art in heaven. Moses was called on top of that mountain. That's typical of the most holy place in a tabernacle pattern where Yahweh Elohim appeared to the high priest and salvation or atonement was made or at one minute. Okay, it's a principle in heaven, freedom, liberty, you see, but the point that I wanted to make is that he, he was in heaven, and when I recited that prayer, uh, uh, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, holy is his name, and that high priest, before he could enter into the most holy place, he had that mitre that said, holiness unto Yahweh. And that was on his forehead, you see. So hallowed or holy be his name. Hallowed be his name. Thy kingdom come. Thy, thy kingdom come. That is not past tense. Thy kingdom has come. Yahshua is the kingdom. That was the kingdom coming. The, and it's so wonderful now to even understand what the kingdom is. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit is just a magnificent thing. Now, you don't have to wait to be one with Yahweh. You don't have to wait to be elevated to heaven. You don't have to die in order to go to heaven. And as a matter of fact, just a simple point, when you read the transcripts, if you look up the definition of heaven, say uh, uh, not a place a state of mind if you look up the def definition of hell it'll have the same exact definition not a place a state of mind so simple that i wanted to make was how would be a name thy kingdom come thy will be done yashua's was obedient to the father's will and he did exactly what he, he was told to do. He fulfilled the, the scriptures, those law and the prophets, all those things that prophesied about his coming, you see. He was obedient to the Father's will. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Moses was obedient to the heavenly vision. And, and, and if you could get me Exodus, the 40th, where he said, um, uh, the Exodus, where he told Moses why he wanted him to build it, if you would. Um, that's you Exodus. know where I'm talking about? Yes, sir. Nine? Yes, that's Exodus. Um, I'm sorry. Yes, Exodus 25 and 8. And let Thank them you. make, mm -hmm, and let them make a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. 
That's beautiful. So let them make me a sanctuary so that I may dwell among them. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Moses was obedient to that. And he came down and he constructed that tabernacle just the way Yahweh told him to do. That was uh, um, just that. That which he'd seen in heaven was made manifest on earth. Okay. A simple point that I just wanted to make. And when Yahshua walked among us, uh, while he was on earth, he said, I go to prepare a place for you. That's where I am. There you may be also. He was in heaven on earth. And it's so wonderful to be in the present kingdom age that we are in now to actually be able to be in heaven on earth. With all the chaos and all the confusion and all the things that are going on to be able to focus on one Yahshua and the wonderful things that he has done and to, to, to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And the only thing that you got to do is actually believe what he did. You just got to believe on him. What a wonderful thing, you know. It's just such a wonderful thing. So if you could get me um, the those two verses I had asked for, Habakkuk, or first get me the where there is no heaven, the people perish. That's Proverbs 29 and 18. Mm -hmm. Where there is no prophetic vision, the people perish. Now think about this. Where there is no prophetic or teaching vision. Now, Yahshua said in John 14 and 26, if you could just go ahead and pick that up for me briefly as well. Okay, because I just want to make a simple point. That's John 14 and 26. But the comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever you I have said unto you. Thank you very much. So the comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, with the Father will send in his name. See, the name of the Holy Spirit is Yahshua. All the time I said the name of the Father, I didn't know what it was. Come to find out the name of the Father is Yahweh. That is Yahweh in his pure spirit state. We live, move, and have our being within Yahweh. The name of the Son is Yahshua. The, the title of the word or son is Elohim, you see. The title of the word or son, but the name of the son is Yahshua. And that's why when you read in John, the first chapter, it'll talk about the word of Yahweh in the beginning. And the word was made flesh. That was Yahshua in his super incorporeal form, showing Moses, you see, giving him that divine vision, the creation, the generation, so on and so forth. And then that word was made flesh and dwelt among us, you see, as Yahshua. There was a point, I'm sorry, that I was trying to make out of that, the comforter. What did I mention before that? I'm sorry. Um, I kind of lost my train of thought for a moment. Um, talking about, oh, there was a simple point that I wanted to make. But anyway, I'm sorry, I lost what, what I was immediately um, going to point to. But um, yeah, so Yahshua manifested 
in the flesh, okay? So that was the word made flesh. So he's the teacher in the school. And the, and the previous speaker had mentioned how this is a school and not a church, you see. And what a difference. And, and isn't it wonderful uh, to know the teacher? Isn't it a wonderful thing that we can actually know the teacher in the school and that the Holy Spirit is the one doing the teaching in the school? And I just love that. So anyway, Yahshua, when he walked on that, that was um, uh, Yahshua, he was in heaven manifested on the earth. So, uh, so I know I was going to say, without a teaching vision. Now, Habakkuk picks up and at the end it will speak and not lie. Could you pick that up and then I'll um, make a simple point. Yes, that's Habakkuk 2 and 2. Mm -hmm. And Yahweh answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain upon tables that everyone may read it fluently. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. That is wonderful. So mm -hmm. the vision is yet for an appointed time. I never knew that Yahweh spoke through vision and revelation, that the law and the prophet, through all the scriptures, how Yahweh Elohim appeared unto Abraham, to, appeared unto um, to Jeremiah, so on and so forth. And is so refreshing and comforting to know just that. Now, here we are. Look at what vision, what Yahweh has done is regarding salvation. You know, it said, um, without a vision, people perish. Look at a satellite, and I'll just use that as an example. Isn't that like a voice from heaven? Isn't that a vision from above? Okay, in principle, what I'm trying to say. And doesn't that have the capability of sending out a warning? How that when hurricanes now, 100 years ago, 150, you know, it doesn't matter. They did not have that technology, but Yahweh has given man the ability to actually look down and see something. And because of that vision, in heavenly, in principle, salvation is being manifest. When they say there's a hurricane coming, exit, look at all the lives that it saves. And, you know, just from a physical standpoint, how that when there is no vision, people perish. And look at the hurricanes in the past years prior to vision and, and, and how many people perished, you know. So it's really amazing. Now, ones that are disobedient to the vision, then, yeah, they don't believe it or whatever. A lot of them will perish, you see. So that's just from a physical stand, standpoint. Another physical standpoint, technology, and I just want to use this as an example. In 2010, I was at the visiting the Elmira class, and they called me up as the first speaker. And when I sat down, I started having heavy chest pain. And I had actually had heavy chest pain three days prior. And I was actually, this was a Tuesday and I was scheduled for a stress test the Wednesday. So I looked over to the president that had came down with me, the president of Arcport. And I just slipped him a note. And I said, if you don't, I need you to step outside with me. And I called my wife, long story short, they took me to the hospital. 
and a long story made short, there was 100% blockage and I was having a heart attack. And they took me for an emergency cardiac catheterization, in which they placed two stents. The pain from that was just unbearable. But as I lay there on the table, they pulled out this uh, uh, shelf and all along the shelf had boxes. And on each one of these boxes, it said vision written on the boxes. Matter of fact, I believe it's Puritan Bennett that makes the cardiac cath as uh, a company and vision, whatever that's the name of that was on the side of the box. And that night, the vision was used for the purpose of salvation. And I'm forever grateful. And I couldn't help but think as I lay there and look back at some of these things and how that vision was made manifest. Um, salvation was made manifest through that vision. And I'm so grateful for it. But the simple point that I wanted to make as well is when the doctor was able to open up that part that was clogged, you could see them injecting dye into the portion of the heart. And there was a portion where there was just no circulation. You pick, you, you, you look at a, uh, the branches on a tree that was kind of dead there. When he opened it up, the screen just lit up. And at the same time the screen lit up, the pain was instantaneously gone. Mm. And I felt exactly the way I do now, exactly the way each and every single one of us feel right now. You know, if you just take your fingers and touch them, feel, feel your fingers, move your, move your toes, breathe that magnificent breath of life in and just feel that oxygen circulate throughout the body. It's just something that is just so magnificent that I kind of took for granted, mm -hmm. you see. And just that manifestation alone, we live, move, and have our being within this atmosphere. And there's oxygen molecules in Yahweh's numbers eight, and you're going to find out the oxygen molecule is eight. But just as Yahweh's pure spirit, and we live, move, and have our being, oxygen molecules, we live and move and have our being within the creation. And then what happens? We breathe in that oxygen. Just as Yahweh came down and took on shape and form, that oxygen comes out of the atmosphere is now breathed into our body and takes on the shape and form of our body and is transported throughout the blood through circulation, you see, to feed all these millions of cells. That's like Yahweh Elohim coming down and taking on shape and form. Then what happens, but it's manifest in the flesh, that oxygen brings life to that body. And it's just something that, that I pray to Yahweh that I never take for granted, that I never forget about that. And just as the power that you feel of life right now, you can understand the source of that. You can understand Yahshua what all this life is pointing to true life eternal life mm -hmm. and is it not magnificent to be able to see and understand him now while we walk in the flesh and yes. to know that 
that the Yahweh is inter internal. The first aim of the school is to help you find and know Yahweh, our Elohim, as he really is and actually exists. The last aim is to inherit eternal life now, as a previous speaker said, not tomorrow, not when we take off the flesh, but to inherit eternal life now in the kingdom. Righteousness, peace and joy now in the Holy Spirit, not in the flesh. We travel, it, it doesn't take long, you know, when this new meeting's over tonight, we're going to have to go back to all that stuff. But I hope your heart remains at peace. Mm -hmm. I hope your heart remains at peace and stayed on Yahshua because it's just so worth it. You know, Yahshua does not lie. He always a keeper of promises. And if he promised that he would finish what he has begun, you can bank on the fact that he is indeed going to. Mm -hmm. you know, we have a magnificent savior in Yahshua, and he has been so good to each and every single one of us, blessed us with some of the uh, most wonderful brethren in the world. Mm -hmm. I can recall in the 80s how we would travel from se different seminars. I mentioned this the other night and how that uh, people in when we would go into hotels and see one another when it was young and old and black and white didn't matter the color. And people were amazed because all these people are coming in and hugging each other and just so happy. And I can remember hearing somebody say it was not in class. I don't know who they are, but they sure do love one another. <laughs> you know, they sure do love one another. And that's the truth. And isn't it wonderful when I come out of that progressive doctrine in 2000, early 2000, when Yahshua delivered me mm. out of that. I was so excited to hear about Chicago Northside having a seminar. I thought, wow, somebody's having a seminar. And I'll never forget going out there and experiencing that again. It was so wonderful because it had been so many years. And now here we are, Canada, Florida, Malaysia, Jamaica, Russia. You see, it, it doesn't matter. We're all gathering back together back together through this means be able to to be able to uh enjoy the fruits of this of the spirit how yashua is just uh fed and 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 assembled us like this i'm thoroughly enjoying it and i'm forever grateful for it mm -hmm. you know so you know that's just a few things i'd really like to uh yield the floor i i hope that somebody got something out of it and, and, and please know if you have the opportunity to ever visit our court class, we'd certainly uh, love to see you. But we also appreciate your attendance on Zoom or in YouTube. And I just keep hoping that we all can continue to gather like, like we are and, uh, you know, just enjoy one another. All right. So I'll leave it at that. All praises the Yashua. I hope somebody got something out of that. And I'd like to yield the floor. Thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't want to your text message, please. Yep. Thank you uh, very uh, much uh, for that, um, that uh, beautiful testimony uh, there, Dr. Dean. And for our next speaker, it's a pleasure to call on 
uh, from my Lansing class, uh, the Dean, uh, Dr. Terry Welch. Dr. Welch, are you there? Looks like you're still on mute. Hello. All right, we're gonna move on to our next speaker. Um, for our next speaker, we're gonna be calling on Dr. Sybil Lewis. Sybil Lewis still out there with us? I'm, I'm sorry, Dewan. I don't think that's Sybil. Sybil is Galaxy A21, I believe. 21, okay. Okay, thank you very much. Sorry about that. Bear with us one second. Uh, okay. For our next speaker, uh, we'll be calling on from uh, the Southfield, Michigan class, uh, the president, Dr. Edward Ewell. I have to say good evening to the class. Good evening. I truly enjoyed the previous speakers. And um, just uh, it's such a blessing to all of us that have been selected to be a part of the body of Yahshua the Messiah. And we want to hold on to those things as was spelled out in the prayer and in the scripture lesson that will lead us and guide us because our only hope of salvation is in Yahshua Messiah. There's nothing outside of him that can enable you to have eternal life. And uh, there's so much history and proof that he's accomplished our salvation in the law and the prophets and um, the things that Right now, my heart and mind is that uh, I feel so blessed to be chosen out of the world on a path that I was on and 
terms of uh, desire. I always had a desire to want to know the truth about my creator as he really is and actually exists. And uh, I did a lot of searching for many, many years. I partook in different forms of religion, um, some as deep as the uh, Santeria Lukumi, which is a uh, religion that emanates from Nigeria, Africa, which they practice in Cuba and some of the other parts of South America, like Colombia, and all of the things that I ever attempted or to study and know, like the Kabbalah, Hebrew Kabbalah, and uh, all types of soothsaying things. I even went into a um, form of Brahmanism, which they, um, I can't think of the name of it, but they believe that um, you could be saved and glorified and you, you would become an angel, you know, just all kind of madness. But coming into this, and I had books on all types of doctrine. I'm still out, several, because I was an, always a knowledge seeker. And so I one of the things I have was a book that I got in 1972 called The Sixth and Seventh Books of Moses, which we know that Moses only wrote five books, but this, I got this is this is supposed to be hidden books of uh, Moses, the six and seven books of Moses. And in it, it had like 72 names of God. It had Yahweh, Elohim, Yahshua in it. I didn't understand it then, 1972. And in 1986, I was called into this teaching. Uh, and I'm so proud and happy that I was taken off that path and that course because I never could find anything that was satisfying. And coming into this gospel, I've been satisfied because uh, having a little bit of sense about knowledge and logic, which I used to teach college and universities, um, because of all of the background and training I had, but I had no understanding of the true religion that is in Yahshua the Messiah. So just um, one of the things that if you would get a, one of the readers, Ephesians uh, start at one and three. And uh, I want you to read all the way down to 14 in it because there's so much in there that Paul is writing about how Yahshua Messiah has really accomplished our salvation. And um, we should know by understanding any of these mysteries that are revealed through the ages and dispensations, like the chart that's up, the Moses chart, is so much on that. Just, it's like, um, unfathomable. In other words, no word can describe or no person can describe how Yahweh really is. And so he showed uh, through the law and the prophets and also in fulfillment 
what he's already accomplished. And so just start that Ephesians, uh, and we want to be extremely proud and thankful to be a part of this gospel. So read. That's Ephesians 1 and 3. Mm-hmm. Blessed be Yahweh, the Father of our Savior, Yahshua, the Messiah, who have blessed us with all spiritual blessings and heaven. That he's, he's, and I'll interrupt from time to time. Okay. See, he's already blessed us. Mm-hmm. If you come in here and you see and learn and know and understand anything, because the things that are in the Bible, even they're a mystery. The true things about the Bible. In other words, if things are revealed to you through this divine vision and revelation, those are mysteries being revealed unto us. So right. just recognize who is doing the revealing. And as it in uh, John 14, 26, about the covenant, which is the Holy Spirit, whom the Father sent in his name, shall teach you all things, not something, but all things, particular about himself. So keep reading. Blessed be Yahweh, the father of our savior, Yahshua, the Messiah, who have blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in the Messiah. According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. See, you want to be thankful for that. In other words, you would know nothing if he not chose you back way back in the beginning, before even the foundation of the world. Mm-hmm. All those that are now in his body and have an understanding that he is who he said he was and always will be what he wills to be. Mm-hmm. Read. According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love having predestinated us into the adoption of children by Yahshua the Messiah. To See, look, just, that's, that is so deep. In other words, mm-hmm. for you to have, uh, to be adopted, in other words, you're outside of your biological or, or natural family, but this is your spiritual family. In other words, you've been adopted by the Holy Spirit. Right. And that's what he's done for us. In other words, mm-hmm. adopted us from out of ignorance because then particularly those that understand the genealogy of man for the last 500 years um, that come from different continents had no thought or clue, uh, particularly with our heritage, had we, our destiny still been in Africa or wherever we come from through the generations of slavery and all the things that have happened in history We're so fortunate to be in this continent called the USA and have a knowledge of our creator as he really is because all of his story emanated in the Middle East and uh, where there's trouble since the beginning of time in the Middle East. But he's had us covered before there was a Middle East. So keep reading. Having predestinated us, unto the adoption of children by Yahshua the Messiah to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, Mm -hmm. to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved, in whom we have redemption through his blood. So in other words, we were, all of our sins were forgiven through his blood, 
from the beginning. In other mm. words, the forgiveness of sins. In other words, under the law, uh, he's done it all the way up to uh, where there had to be a law for you to worship him. Then there was Pentecost, and then the Gentile conversion has covered us. In other words, um, he had us covered from the beginning, like it started out in the scripture. Keep reading. And whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, mm. having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure. Now you see that he's revealing the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure to whom he want to reveal it to. So That's again, okay. be so thankful that you see anything in this class that is Yahshua Messiah, the teacher, the savior, and the one who has the power to give eternal life to all those that believe on him. And um, it's, he, when they ask him, say, what we, must we do to be saved or uh, be glorified? I think that's in John, the sixth chapter. I don't want you to get that, but he say, believe on the one that was sent. Mm -hmm. And then uh, the condition to say, love Yahweh, which he was Yahweh in a physical body, and love your neighbor as you would yourself. Those were the two commandments of, that he gave us about loving him and your neighbor. Your neighbor are your brother and those particularly that are in this gospel. And if we see any of them slip, we need to try to pick them up because we were picked up by him. Has he chosen us to come in and know for certain who he is? In other words, everybody or everything is subject to his will. And he is ultimately in control of all things that have occurred from the beginning to eternity and to, throughout all ages and dispensations. Read. Having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he hath purposed in himself, <laughs> that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one, all things in the Messiah, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. And whom also in other words, he's like he's got us covered on everything. In other words, his kingdom. In other words, as the previous speaker said about that prayer, our Father who art in heaven, thy kingdom come. In other words, his kingdom has already come, and he's already given us an understanding by being a part of this divine teaching. In other words, his kingdom has come and the revelations that we get that he's accomplished things from the beginning all the way to the end. And we have proof on it, proof upon proof upon proof that he's delivered us, forgives our sins and did everything we need. So we need to hang in here because this scripture goes on to talk about uh, us being firmed or sealed or something to that condition, but keep reading. Mm -hmm. 11th verse, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will, mm -hmm. that we should be to the praise of his glory, who first trusted in the Messiah, in whom ye also trusted, after that, he heard the word of truth, 
the gospel of your salvation. In other words, if you came in here fighting and bucking against the things like I want first come to class, I was trying to say, I'm right. I think, you know, I done read all these books about God and how he is and all that and did all this study, but I didn't have a clue of who he really is and how he actually exists. But now uh, he has given me an understanding, like it says in 1 John, given us an understanding. We know he's true and all that, but keep reading. And whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. And whom also, after that ye believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit. That's how we got sealed. At least myself, I have to testify that what got me was one thing, uh, Matthew 5, 17, because all my life up until that point that I really heard it, although I had read it, a person got on the floor and said, think not that I come to destroy the law and prophets that he come in to fulfill. And I always thought up that Jesus come in to set up a Christian example for me to follow. But that knocked me off my feet and uh, it began to seal me in understanding because I stopped trying to prove what I know and it opened me up to be humble, to have my ears open, my eyes open, to see and hear the things that were being taught. In other words, after about a year and a half in class, that's when I stopped bringing books to try to disprove what the doctrine of Yahshua Messiah was trying to show that I knew something, but I didn't know anything. I didn't even know he had adopted me and saved me already. I was that dumb, but I'll read up to 14. 14th verse, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. So that's what, <laughs> other words, um, Say, well, how do you know that, Ed? Well, he made a promise to Abraham, you know, way back, and that he was going to bless all nations through his seed, both Jew and Gentile. I don't want to get that, but I just want to um, talk about it because after coming in this class, I began to see with new eyes and hear with new ears and the things that I've learned since the 30, 35 years that I've been in class, no one can take those things away from me because um, it's just been sealed in me. In other words, blood, water, spirit are the gospel. And so let's get um, a little bit about the gospel. Let's get 1 Corinthians 15 and 1. This is another thing that other than that Matthew 5, 17 that caught me and I found out that nothing escaped that pattern of blood, water, spirit. And get that chart uh, to show uh, there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, Word, Holy Spirit. But um, get 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4 about the gospel. That's the definition of the gospel that was given to us by, through Paul um, read that one of the readers. First Corinthians 15 and 1. Moreover, brethren, 
I declare unto you the gospel, which I've preached unto you, which also you have received and wherein ye stand, by which also you are saved, if you keep in memory what I've preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I've also received, how that the Messiah died for our sins, according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. Now we have that shown on this chart, um, pattern and plan of salvation, and in the uh, plate, baptism and ministry, um, it showed that he died. In other words, they show here uh, a death, and you line a death up with the principle of blood. In other words, throughout this whole chart, all the tables, you'll see blood, water, spirit, which correlates to death, burial, and resurrection. Blood correlating with death, water, correlating with burial, spirit, uh, correlating with resurrection. So he went through a death, burial, and resurrection. That is the gospel. How he died, was buried, and resurrected the third day according to the scriptures. So when I first come to class, and they would kept saying that everywhere you go, blood, water, spirit, death, burial, resurrection blood, water, spirit, death, bell, resurrection. And it became so repetitive. And then I saw, I say, it's like magic when I could see that speakers when I go visiting other classes, they say the same thing, blood, water, spirit, death, bell, resurrection. And all of the charts, all of the stories they got out of the Bible, they could point to principle of death, burial, resurrection, or blood, water, spirit. And I used to say, I can't believe everything goes like that, but get a uh, second Corinthians four and three. And um, yeah, get second Corinthians four and three. Second Corinthians four and three. But if our gospel be hid, it now, is- Now, if hid. this, what I just went over, blood, water, spirit, death, burial, resurrection, if it be hid, read. If our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. If you can't see that, one, two, three, it just got so good to me, blood, water, spirit, death, burial, resurrection that they beat that into me when I come into class the first year and a half, because it seemed like that's all that everybody wanted to uh, talk and preach about was how did Yahshua died, buried, resurrected the third day, according to the scriptures. So it hooked me because I began to, every scripture, all of the plates here, and uh, just take, for example, the migratory pattern, which, how did they escape out of uh, Egypt? Death, hell, and the grave. They were down there some 430 years. The first thing that Yahweh instructed them to do, say, take out a lamb and kill that lamb and take and have a basin where you dip in 
the blood from that lamb on the upper doorpost, the two side posts, and the basin where they were dipping out of made a configuration of four points of blood. And then when you see that how they uh, put Yahshua on the cross, they took, and before they put him on, they put a crown of thorns around the head, nailed him into both of his arms and in his feet, making four points of blood. So then on this tabernacle, all the sacrifices that had to be killed, they would take the blood, put it on those four horns for four points of blood. So you had blood pouring to that death before they could escape out of Egypt. And then they did come out of Egypt by going through the divided waters of the Red Sea. So that was water, blood and water. That's like the gospel say how Joshua died, buried, resurrected, according to the scriptures. And the scriptures are everything from the law and the testimony of the Old Testament. Those 39 books are all about Yahshua Messiah. Every jot, every tittle that's been written in those books from Moses and then all the prophets from Joshua and Malachi, all are preaching the gospel in some type because somebody or something went through a death, burial, resurrection, or there's a principle of blood, water, spirit. But getting back to this uh, migratory pattern where the uh, Jews escaped out of Egypt, when they got to the divided waters of the Red Sea, uh, they thought it was hopeless. But as one, the previous speakers read that first Corinthians 10 and 1, they didn't know that that cloud that led them as a pillar of fire by night and a cloud by day was Yahshua was in front of them and back of them. So the Egyptians could not destroy them, but they destroyed themselves trying to follow them through the waters of the Red Sea. And 14, 15 chapters of Exodus spelled out. But as they got to the sea and Moses lifted up his rod and held it over, waved it over the sea and say, told the people were mumbling and grumbling, stand still and see the salvation of Yahweh. So they were like buried or baptized in the Red Sea and didn't get wet. So they went on dry ground. So that was a principle, again, how they escaped blood. They went through the water. And that angel or that Yahshua who's in that cloud led them. So that was like blood, water, spirit. And then uh, go get First uh, John 5 and 6 and read that. And this will give more confirmation on how important Yahshua's death, burial, resurrection is before he poured out the Holy Spirit. And what I want to get to how he poured out the Holy Spirit, uh, but just point out these principles. You have that first John first five John and seven? Five and five seven. and six. Like on the chart it said five and six. So just start at five and six. First John five and six. This is he that came by water and blood. So he you see that you see that on the chart, water and blood. Read it again, Lauren. This is he that came by water and blood, even Yahshua the Messiah. Not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the spirit that beareth witness, because the spirit is true. Now that's truth, and that is the gospel too. 
Three. For there are three that bear a record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit, and these three are one. Now, the Roman Catholic Church and billions of people believe just the opposite. Matter of fact, one of their creeds is that the Father, the, the Word, or Son, and the Holy Ghost is a trinity, and you have to believe that to be a true Catholic. But we have in proof here that these three, the Father, the Word, Holy Spirit, are one. And there's some evidence of that, Read. And there are three that bear witness in earth. Now the in the earth plane, we got these witnesses, Read. The spirit and the water the and spirit, the blood. The water and the blood. And these three agree in one. We, these agree in one. If Read. we receive the witness of men. If you believe anything anybody tell you from the Pope on down, who calls himself God's representative, you would rather believe in a lie than the truth. Because what does it say? If we receive the witness of men, the witness of Yahweh is greater. For this is the witness of Yahweh, which he hath testified of his son. This is the true witness that he used to testify of his son, really of himself. So we are saved by him dying, being buried, resurrecting, and then poured out his spirit on first the, the Jew in AD 33 and seven years later at Cornelius' house to the Gentiles. And we were grafted in by faith. And um, there's a scripture that say that I think it's, uh, yeah, Ephesians uh, 2 and 8. Get that real quick, someone. Ephesians 2 and 8. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of Yahweh. Now, this is a gift that you have learned and know and understand particular about Yahshua's death, burial, and resurrection, and then poured out his spirit. So um, he had promised all the way back to Abraham, he's going to bless all nations through his seed. So the uh, Gentile came in later. That was after the Jews had been grafted in, or they were really, at, get the day of Pentecost real quick, uh, one of you uh, readers, when the day of Pentecost, Acts 2 and 1. Acts 2 and 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay, on the uh, chart, if you can move that up on the second uh, plate, move it up upward. At the bottom is Pentecost, what she's reading about. See, we got it here saying, when the day of Pentecost was fully got, come, they was all gathered and they did get the Holy Spirit. They were baptized by the Holy Spirit. That's what I want to point out. It says that further down, but that's how 
the Abraham promise was beginning to be fulfilled and how he was going to bless all nations to his seed first to the Jews because they had to do all the things that were written out in the law, the 613 things, 10 commandments, 603 ordinances that they had to adhere to and you never could keep them. So they had to keep sacrificing things, but um, there was no end to sin. So after that, many Jews just still didn't believe that Yahshua Messiah came in and died, buried, resurrected, and put his spirit into those Jews that they just kept on trying to keep the law. In other words, they were like the scribes, Pharisees. They didn't believe he was a Messiah, but they wanted to keep doing the things for self-glorification, self-gratification. But Yahshua came in and fulfilled all the things that were in the law and moved them out of the way. So they were just condemning themselves but not believing that Joshua had uh, fulfilled all things. And I think uh, Romans 8 and 1 touches on that a little bit. So get that real quick. Uh. Romans 8, <clears throat> excuse me. Romans 8 and 1 there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Yahshua the Messiah, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. You see that? He, he don't think nothing about flesh, but that walk after the spirit. So that's what we want to walk after the spirit, that Holy Spirit, which is the teacher, which has accomplished our salvation. And we want to believe on him. And again, there's so many witnesses this was just one I wanted to go back to the day of Pentecost when the uh, Jews uh, got the Holy Spirit. And then can you imagine they got the Holy Spirit and Jews nowadays say, well, that wasn't good enough. They want to still try to keep the law. And uh, Jeremiah 31 and Hebrews 8 and 5 clearly say that the uh, law was for a special time. And the days come that he was going to put a new law in their heart and mind. In other words, that's why he had to put the law of the spirit in a man, not having a man come into a place to offer sacrifices to atone their sins. So that was a great day that day of Pentecost. 3,000 or however many souls it says in the Bible on just on that day. At first, that on the upper room, 120, and then... Uh, 3,000 saves that day as goes on in Acts to talk about that. So, and the Gentiles being baptized, I want to jump to that. Uh, I think that's in Acts 10 and 11, 10th chapter and 11th chapter. I just want to get where Peter came to Cornelius' house and they uh, bowed down to him and he said, get up, I'm a man just like you. And he preached to them and they received the Holy Spirit. Get that scripture. That's um, <clears throat> Acts ten, and I'll start at <clears throat> I'll start at eleven. And saw heaven open, and a certain vessel descending unto him, as it had been a great sheet knit at the four corners, mm -hmm. and let down to the earth, wherein were all manner of four-footed beasts of the earth, and wild beasts, and creeping things and the fowls of the air. 
And there came a voice to him, rise, Peter, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, not so, master, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. And the voice spake unto him again the second time, what Yahweh hath cleansed, that call not common. This was done thrice, and the vessel was, was received again, excuse me, up again into heaven. I'm not sure if that's so. Right. That's maybe in the 11th chapter where, mm -hmm. when Peter got to Cornelius' house, Cornelius and them bowed down, got on their knees to him, and he said, "Get up, I'm a man like you." Maybe in the 11th chapter. Um, 26. 11 and 26. And when he had found him, he brought him unto Antioch. No, that's not no, it. That's not it. Um, it's in the 10th 10 chapter. and 26. 10 26. 10 and 26. But Peter took him up saying, stand up. I'll start at 25. And as Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshiped him. And Peter took him up saying, stand up. I myself also am a man. Okay, so that's, now go on and talk to what Peter talked until they got the Holy Spirit. It's just keep reading. And that, when he spoke to them, they all were filled with the Holy Spirit. You're talking back in Acts, the second chapter at Pentecost? No, I'm talking about in the, the Gentiles. Okay, I'm reading where I'm at. <clears throat> and as Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshiped him. But Peter took him up saying, stand up. I myself also am a man. And as he talked with him, he went in and found many that were come together. And he said unto them, you know how that it is unlawful thing for a man that is a Jew to keep company or come unto one of another nation. But Yahweh has showed me that I should not call any man common. Now, the way he did that was telling him about eating things that were uncommon and all that. But he said that whatever Yahweh is Mr. I will be what I will to be. I'm just cutting it up to show him that he was there on a mission. Yahweh had sent him. So his Jews wasn't supposed to be with Gentiles. Cornelius was an Italian center, centurion. So, and he had all of his people, but they believed in the things they had heard about Yahshua Messiah. So they wanted to be saved. And they, the Holy Spirit talked to Cornelius as Holy Spirit talked to Peter. But read on how they mm -hmm. got the Holy Spirit on that day. Yep, I'm going to drop down because there's a lot more of that. Drop down to the 34th. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, of a truth, I perceive that Yahweh is no respecter of persons, but in every nation, he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. The word which Yahweh sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by Yahshua the Messiah, he is the savior of all. That word I say, ye know, which was published throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism, which John preached, how Yahweh anointed Yahshua of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for Yahweh was with him. And we are witnesses 
all of all things which he did both in land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they slew and hanged on a tree. Him Yahweh raised up the third day and showed him openly, not to all the people, but unto witnesses chosen before of Yahweh, even to us, who did eat and drink with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach unto the people and to testify that it is he which was ordained of Yahweh to be the judge of the quick and dead. To him give all the prophets witness that through his name, whosoever believeth in him shall re receive remission of sins. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Spirit fell on all them which heard the word. They fell on all of them. In other words, they were baptized with the Holy Spirit. They didn't, wasn't there and getting no water, but they were baptized with the Holy Spirit. And that's how we, that Holy Spirit is continuing right now in Yahweh's purpose for those that believe on him who was sent. And Peter was, again, just given those keys to preach to the, and as the scriptures say, he was given the keys and the Roman Catholic Church, take that completely out of context, those keys was to preach the gospel to the Jew and the Gentile. And he did that for salvation to all those that believe, and he's still doing it. And just I'll end with one um, final scripture. Um, Get Hebrews 9, 1 through 3. Hebrews 9 and 1. Then verily the first covenant had also ordinances of divine service in a worldly sanctuary. For there was a tabernacle made the first, wherein was the candlestick and the table and the showbread, which is called the sanctuary. And after the second fell, the tabernacle, which is called the holiest of all. Can you drop down to nine and nine and just. Ninth verse. Start at eight, if that's okay. Okay, that would be good. The Holy Spirit, this signifying that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest, while as the first tabernacle was yet standing, which was a figure for the time then present. Now, I just wanted to just do that to cover that that tabernacle, and when it was destroyed, they didn't have nowhere to go take bullets and all that to worship. So we know that going on into this present kingdom age, it's a present that we have because we're in the spiritual kingdom and not like those previous ages. Just get the ages dispensation chart real quick. Just want to point that out and, and you don't have to finish the rest of that scripture. Sorry, Dr. You. I don't know what's going on. Okay, well, in the ages and dispensation chart, it shows that it's a present that we have in this present kingdom age. And so the things that are right up here, a spiritual kingdom on a kingdom, you have to have a king. Yahshua is the king, but it's a spiritual assembly, spiritual assembly of his body. That's where we are. In other words, that's a present. A real present, in other words, eternal life, to know that he's in you and you in him. And he's fulfilled everything that was back to the left of that sign of the cross. 
and we're in the spiritual age. So that's why we want to glorify him in our body and our spirit, which is his. And I thank you for the time um, and the testimony uh, of Yahshua Messiah. Thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Dr. Ewell, for your testimony. Uh, truly edifying. <clears throat> Excuse me, truly edifying. Um, that will bring a conclusion to tonight's class. I'd like to thank all of our speakers uh, and participants in tonight's uh, class, uh, as always. I uh, also would like to uh, recognize a returning visitor, uh, Vanessa Goodrum. Uh, again, it was uh, glad that you joined us and we uh, welcome you out again to come and study with us once more. Our classes are held here on Tuesdays and Thursdays from 6.30 to 8.30 Eastern Standard Time, as well as Sundays from 1.30 p.m. Uh, until, excuse me, from 11.30 p.m. until 1.30 p.m. We will now um, have doxology, which is taken from the last two verses in the book of Jude. And we all stand in our hearts and our minds. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise Elohim, our Savior, through Yahshua the Messiah, our sovereign, belongs glory, majesty, dominion, and power, both now, all time, and forever. Let us all say, hallelujah. 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 Praise Yahshua, everyone.